Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel in order to support our show we need the help of some great advertisers and we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you'll actually want to hear about but we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible so go to podsurvey.com/florio and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash Florio. F-L-O-R-I-O. Thanks for your help. It's tough. You know, I, you know, I felt like we were turning a corner to really make a run and... Uh, you know, I, we, I still believe we still will, you know, with the guys in this locker room. You know, I just wanted to be physically a part of it, um, on the field with those guys. And, you know, six weeks I was down and tried to come back. And, and then two weeks later, I'm, you know, back at it again. So, yes, yeah, it's, 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 it's tough to try to, you know, wrap everything around my head right now. That's Deshaun Watson from yesterday. The news broke. About five minutes before we went off the air, he has not only the ankle injury, Chris, that we saw on Sunday in Baltimore, the ankle injury that had him in a boot, the ankle injury that resulted in an MRI, and we hadn't heard the results of it, which always makes you think it's probably not great if they're keeping their mouths shut about it until the Wednesday injury report. He had a high ankle sprain. The bigger issue is another shoulder injury. They're calling it a new injury. It's a fracture of the glenoid. It's the structure where when you have a dislocation, the ball that pops out, yeah. when it goes back in or on its way out, it breaks a small piece of that apparatus that holds the thing together. That's what he has. Now, there's a chance, a chance he's had that all along. That's what I said yesterday. That's the remember? reason why he's, was, yeah. he's medically, yeah, medically cleared, but he can't throw. Why can't you throw? Well, maybe there is something in there that you haven't detected right. through your imaging right. technology. Because... Somebody reached out to me yesterday and said, that is not an easy injury to spot. Yeah. So new injury, old injury, whatever. He's got to have surgery to repair that fracture, and he's done for the year. And boom, just like that. That's it. Now what do the Browns do? We'll talk about that. But, Chris, that was a stunner for a team that is a real contender at 6-3. and three. Yeah, real, a real contender. contender. They're a Ravens loss and a win on Sunday Yeah, away from taking over first place through 11 weeks. That's right, let alone they passed the eye test to me, right? I mean, the, like we talked about a little yesterday and, and you know, even Monday, it's just if Deshaun Watson can, can you know, continue on the trajectory we saw in the second half of that football game, you go, well, I mean, watch out for Cleveland. 
What don't they have? I mean, an awesome defense, an awesome offensive line, an awesome tight end, good receivers, good running backs, right? You know, a good running scheme. They got everything there. They were a Super Bowl contender. I mean, that's where they were starting to make me believe. You know, they they were a team where I was like, I never wanted to take them out of the, the Super Bowl thing. And it was kind of like, hey, if Deshaun can get going here, that's why you put him in there. And it looked like he might be getting going here. So a huge blow to their football team. And now they're going to rely on a rookie and DTR who's got some talent. But, you know, as we know, this is November football. Like you said earlier, things are going to get tough. Teams and defensive players and everybody's in the groove of the season. You're not in the groove of the season. Now you've got to play catch up. You know, this is a, a tough scenario for a young quarterback and a tough scenario for their whole football team. That's going to put more pressure on their D and more pressure on their running game to be great to kind of weather the storm until the quarterback play can get good enough to help out, you know, in the pass game and, and in all those areas. The fact that they're going with Dorian Thompson Robinson was a surprise because PJ Walker came in, beat the 49ers. Not that he was Joe Montana, but he started the game that resulted in a win over the 49ers, gave the Seahawks everything they could handle, and they made that pivot to him after Dorian Thompson-Robinson had a very rough game against the Ravens right. in week four. On a week now, that he didn't think he was going to practice defense, or play, right? Because they thought exactly. Lamar, right? He practiced. Yes. He practiced because Lamar was limited. Right. But not Lamar. Deshaun. Yeah. Deshaun was saying, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. And that's how all this weirdness started. 5.03 p.m. Eastern. That Sunday, I get the text. Hey, something's going on with the Browns here. Some of these guys are confused and frustrated that Deshaun didn't play because he said all week he's playing and DTR wasn't ready. So, I, you know, you can be ready but not really be ready because the starter keeps saying, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. There's a huge difference the night before. There's a huge difference the Friday before when you're playing and the starter says, I'm good, don't worry about it. Thanks for taking some of my reps, but I'm playing. Huge difference. You take him at his word. So it threw everything off. And, yeah, the guy's not really ready to go. He doesn't have a great game. And he was pretty good in the preseason. And then, again, you know, you could name some other quarterbacks that were pretty good in the preseason. Then we get to the regular season, like, where'd that guy go? But he was good in the preseason enough to, you know, I was, I was hey, you, you had him on your list of your top five prospects. Yeah. He fell all the way to round five. Maybe some teams blew this evaluation of him. Maybe he's got something. Maybe he's a guy who can come in and get it done if Deshaun Watson is injured during the next few years. And so forget about week four and let's see what he can do, Chris. And I, I'm ready to give him a pass. I'm just surprised they didn't give him a pass under the circumstances of week four and went with PJ Walker instead. Yeah. I think, you know, uh, but one uh, rookie quarterback, like you, you laid it out the right way, let alone it was the Baltimore Ravens in that defense, right? I mean, nobody would wants to make their first start against the Baltimore Ravens. I could tell you that, right? I mean, that, that's brutal. And I think the way he played in that game, they probably felt like, man, if we throw him out there in the 49er game and he doesn't do well again, people are going to be like, what, are you guys stupid? Didn't you watch the Ravens game there? But I think where they go back to him, one, his talent is greater than, than uh, P.J. Walker, right? That, that's the first thing uh, I would say. It, it's better that way. 
The second thing is where P.J. Walker, and I think you look at it a little bit, and this changes the conversation of maybe why we go back to a rookie quarterback, is P.J. Walker is as careless with the football as any rookie quarterback you're going to find. I mean, you see the five interceptions, and there was a few others that were dropped, and then there's a few fumbles that go in each game to go along with it. Right, So I think they looked at it that way going, wait, the rookie's got more talent. We think he's got more potential. Right, We, we played P.J. Walker because we thought he would take care of the ball better than the rookie. That's not true. And if you look back at Carolina last year, it ain't true there either. He makes It's a lot of turnovers from P.J. Walker. So I'm guessing that's why they went with DTR. And we'll see where it goes. He doesn't need to reinvent the wheel, as we've seen here with Cleveland. They're good enough with their defense, running the ball, make three or four plays each half in the pass game just to move the sticks, get in field goal position, whatever, and Cleveland will be tough to beat. So let's see if he can do that. I certainly still give him a fighting chance here with DTR as far as playoffs and you know being in that conversation. I'm not taking them out of that yet. Now, I'm taking them out of the Super Bowl conversation as we stand here right now, but their team is too good for me to take them out of the playoff conversation at, you know, without seeing a little more evidence here. Well, I want to talk about their overall plans and preparation for having a quality backup in place to Deshaun Watson after we consider what Kevin Stefanski had to say yeah. yesterday when he was asked what Dorian Thompson-Robinson learned from that one start that he had seven weeks ago. Here's Stefanski. I think with Dorian in that game, uh, again, uh, that was a tough spot that he was in. Uh, so I think this week, having a full week of preparation, knowing that he's going to be the starter, I think is important. Uh, every backup will tell you, and it's the truth, they have to be ready to go at, at, after the first play, after the second play. If the starter needs a shoelace, you have to be ready to go. So uh, he's prepared himself all season uh, and just felt like this was the right thing for the team. Yeah, you know what? You can interpret that a bunch of different ways. But given what we've just discussed, it's hard not to listen to Kevin Stefanski and think he's kind of saying in different words what we were saying. Dorian Thompson-Robinson wasn't ready to play. He believed that Deshaun Watson was playing. And I'm not saying Deshaun Watson lied to him or sandbagged. Right, they right. sabotage this situation so they don't have some guy that comes in and plays really well and then they don't need me anymore. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just thinking Deshaun Watson's intense desire to compete and play clouded his judgment and made him think that he was playing. And so others thought he was playing. And the lesson to Dorian Thompson Robinson is you have to always assume you're playing, even if you're not playing. And at any point during the game, you could be playing. So you always have to be ready to play, even if you're not going to play, because all it takes is one snap and you're in. So that's part of the maturation process for Dorian Thompson-Robinson. He made comments a few weeks ago to Mary Kay Cabot at the Cleveland Plain Dealer about yeah, that same idea. I'll be better prepared the next yeah, time. I'll be ready. Right. I know what I need to do. And now he gets the full week to do it. There's yep. no doubt. There's no, there's no gray here. He's the guy. He gets a chance to go out and show that some folks were wrong yeah, for right. making him a fifth-round pick and passing over him. In the first four rounds of the draft, Chris. yeah, yeah, it, you know, you said it. He he showed that you know fifth round was probably too low just in the preseason. The fact that they kept him, right? They let go of Josh Dobbs and kept him and PJ Walker. I think that tells you how good he was doing to give them the confidence to do that, 
right? I don't think they were just like, oh, Josh Jobs is horrible. We want him out of here. I think they were going, wait, this guy's really good. We got some hard roster decisions. We got to get rid of him. We see maybe a future for him. And to your point, too, you know, when you know you're going to be the starter, the team knows you're going to be a starter, they can formulate around him a little bit more and be careful that way Hey, and figure out what, what third down plays are you really comfortable with. And there will be more conversation and dialogue there where if you thought Deshaun Watson was starting, you know, it was still all about him and what we think he likes during that week of preparation. So that, that I'm sure, affected DTR as well. And then this week, that won't be a problem. You know? and, and hopefully they can do the right things around. The thing I give them a fighting chance for, we, that defense, that run game, and Cleveland, in my opinion, is one of the best screen teams in all of football. Stefanski and company got a million different screens. Wide receivers, tight ends, running backs, they do it all. And hopefully that can give them enough here with the Steelers defense that, you know, is is playing better than it was early in the year. That's for sure. They still might give up some yards, but they don't let you in the end zone very easily. So this will be a tough task for, for any quarterback, let alone a rookie one. A couple more things I want to get to about this. And I'll start with, and you've touched on it already. They traded Josh Dobbs. They shouldn't have traded Josh Dobbs. They had a chance to bring Josh Dobbs back. Now, Dobbs told me himself yeah. after his unexpected appearance in the Falcons game after Jaron Hall suffered a concussion on the opening drive and, the Dobbs le- and Dobbs led the Vikings to a victory, he said that his agent told him he was getting traded to the Vikings or the Browns. I started scratching on that yesterday because I wanted to see what the Browns offered. If the Vikings got him for a six-round pick and they got Dobbs in a seven, I mean, where are the Browns in this? What are they offering to try to get Josh Dobbs? I was told that the Browns ultimately weren't in it. It was another team. It wasn't the Browns. So they didn't even try to bring this guy back. And when you know you've got the issues with Deshaun Watson, and maybe they think they have the you know, the ace up their sleeve with Dorian Thompson-Robinson, hey, if we get to the point where Deshaun can't play, we'll be fine because DTR is ready to go. They're not going to come out and tell us that. But – I'm just surprised they didn't have a better plan in place. They traded Dobbs. It didn't work initially with DTR. They pivot to P.J. Walker. Walker kind of held it together. But now that Watson's out for the rest of the year, Chris, I I just I have to wonder if they blew it as it relates to having a backup quarterback that they knew they could trust to captain a ship that is in pretty good shape beyond the quarterback position that is good enough to win despite whoever the quarterback might be. And, you know, whether it's Dobbs, whether it's anybody else, they blew that trade deadline without bringing in someone else that maybe they would have felt a little more confident about with this reality now come to fruition that Watson's done for the year. Yeah, I I mean, listen, I I think all your points are real and certainly worth discussing and thinking about. And I think you kind of hit on it, at least, you know, for my money or if I try to put put myself in their shoes – Right. They look at it and go, wait, we, we, we won two games of P.J. Walker. We almost won a three, three, really, you know, against quality football teams, 49ers, Colts, Seahawks. I mean, so I think that probably eased their concerns a little bit. And then the fact of, like you said, hey, Watson's back. He's healthy. Right. He's a guy that's not been injured a lot throughout his career, even though it seems like it's happening every other day now. But throughout his career, you know, we've talked about it a lot that he's toughed it out. He plays through injury. 
You know, he hasn't been that guy. So I can understand them going, okay, he's back. P.J. Walker wasn't bad. We think DTR is actually really good, and we put him in a horrible situation. I can understand their logic of not going to Dobbs. I can. You know, I, I think it, 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 of course, puts a little bit more of the spotlight on it because of what Dobbs is doing in Minnesota right now and this whole fairy tale that we're watching here, right? Uh, but but I, 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 I don't fault them for where they're at. I don't think it's crazy. I don't look at it and go, man, how stupid they are. I can understand where this decision was made and why they did what they did. There's a deeper philosophical question here as it relates to NFL team building that I want to run by you. Because I was communicating with someone about this yesterday, about why teams, some teams, don't value the backup quarterback position more and don't go out and try to upgrade when they need to. The Jets are an example of a team that continues to resist upgrading at the quarterback position pending the return of Aaron Rodgers. The Vikings immediately pivoted to Josh Dobbs, and it has worked well. I, my, my take on it is when you have a season-ending injury to your starting quarterback, I think it's very easy to become complacent to the point of lazy with your whole next man up thing. We've got guys who know the system, who know the personnel. We know him. We trust him. We're comfortable with the guys here. If we bring in someone else, man, we're really going to have to stay late a couple of nights this week. We got to get this guy up to speed. He doesn't even know the names of the players never thrown to him. We got to adjust our system to him. He's got to learn our system. Man, that's just a headache I don't need. I got enough shit to worry about than trying to get some guy that has never been part of this team up to speed in five days. Let's just go next man up. I wonder how much of that creeps in, especially when you throw in the fact, Chris, that for some of these teams, when there's a season-ending injury to the starting quarterback, it kind of operates as a pass on potentially getting fired at the end of the year. No one with the Jets is getting fired with Aaron Rodgers coming back next year. I'd be stunned if they change coaches or GM with Rodgers coming back next year. And I think that feeds this idea, we're just going to stay the course, we're not going to make any sudden moves, we're not going to complicate our lives unnecessarily, we're just going to make chicken salad out of who we currently have on our depth chart. Your thoughts on that? Well, I I think you say some good things. I don't think, you know, one, like the extra work or anything like that's affecting the decisions, right? I, I, I don't. I mean, these are guys that are used to grinding and do whatever they got to do, and, you know, their lives depend on it. I, I think more of it is, you know, the the amount of times in our lives we've seen situations like this where – it just doesn't work out where more times or not. It's just like, Hey, the guy we got in the building knows how to run our offense. He knows how to do things. We bring somebody out from the outside and, Oh, we just throw them in there. History. The percentage there shows you that's usually a disaster and never really works right now. I know we have Dobbs, right? So that throws a wrinkle into this situation and certainly makes it seem like it's more, you know, viable or, or can happen easier. I know we had Baker Mayfield last year and the Raiders game, but there also was some things about that where it was like, what were the Raiders doing? Derek Carr missed wide open people. The game should have been over way before that. And, you know, there was also some really ugly play by Baker Mayfield and that Rams football team down the stretch too. So I just think it's more about the history of that type of situation that plays into a lot of organizations thinking as well. Now, the value of the backup quarterback, as we've discussed before, you know, one, teams don't want a backup quarterback that challenges their starter. There's a lot of that that goes on. 
right? They want their quarterback to be king. They don't want any, like, you know, kerfuffle or anything in the in the locker room to go, ooh, the backups, it looks like he might be back. They don't Damn, want that. Damn, he's back at it. Yeah, you kerfuffle. know Kerfuffle. You like that? Fathomable. Boom. Precipice. Boom. Man. Damn, my brain is firing this week. But I think, yes, they don't want that. <laughs> and then I think, too, with the rules of the quarterback and protection of the quarterback, a lot of teams have looked at it like, you know, hey, quarterbacks it doesn't happen this year, aren't getting hurt as much. So we'll gamble on not paying seven, eight million dollars for a good backup just because of the way the league is right now. I think there's a lot of things at play that that go into this situation. Last question. Yeah. When you consider everything that the Browns gave up to get Deshaun Watson, two hundred and thirty million fully guaranteed on a five year contract, forty six million a year, three first round picks, three mid round picks, at what point do we Put an F on this project. Yeah, that's a, is next year the year? We're forty percent of the way in. They've gotten twelve games out of him. Six games last year that were meaningless. Six games this year that were meaningful. Although he only played for part of the Colts game before he was re-injured. Right. That's not a return. Definitely not. on the investment. Is next year? Is it all hinged on what he does in twenty twenty four? And is that too much pressure? For the Browns and for him. That I, I'm always sensitive to how much pressure we put on someone. Yeah. Now, look, he's, he's a grown-up. He's a right. big boy. He knew, he knew he was stepping into a situation where he had to perform to justify this massive contract and the investment they made. But, man, ton of pressure next year on everybody yeah. to finally get something positive out of this trade. Yeah, no, I mean, tremendous pressure. I think, yeah, the next year is the make-or-break year of like what we're talking about. You want to give a grade. Yeah, so far right now, I mean, damn, yeah, it's not good. I mean, you know, like we always talk about, uh, what's the best ability? V- availability. Well, he hasn't been available, and you've been paying him, you know, a boatload of cash to go on top of that, right? So uh, that that's the unfortunate situation. And in the unfortunate situation, you know, pressure should be on Watson. I Like you said, he's a big boy. He's a quarterback. He's getting paid a ton of money. The unfortunate situation to me here is – like a guy like Stefanski, where the pressure's going to go on to him, and I want to go, I don't, is that fair? Did he sign up for this Deshaun Watson experiment to begin with? I don't know that for sure. I don't think he did, right? But but that's where I, I feel for him here, and the pressure shouldn't be on him. It should be all on Jimmy Haslam because he's the one that signed off on this. He's the one that went this way and wanted all-in guaranteed contract with Deshaun Watson, so... You know, the pressure should be on him about this decision more than anybody. Uh, but, yeah, this next year is make or break, Mike, I think, to your point. But, but, but you know what? I, I'm going to revise my prior belief about how this was going to play out. Yeah. I thought this year, if it didn't work with Deshaun Watson, Stefanski takes the fall, and next year they bring in a coach specifically to get the most out of Deshaun Watson. With Watson only being available for six games this year and now out for the season. I think it's different now. I think next year the pressure's all on Watson to be healthy. Yeah, yeah. To play in the system that's there. Right. This idea that we need to get a better coach for Deshaun, that's not the issue. We need a better version of Deshaun, a version of Deshaun that is able to play all 17 games. That's what we need. It's not a coach problem. 
It's a player problem. Stefanski's going to get a pass here, I think. Yeah, he should. In comparison to what it could have been. Yeah, okay. Right. Right. So I just think next year, I think it's all on Watson, and it all traces back to Haslam because he's the guy that wanted him. He's the guy that wanted Manziel. He's the guy that can't help himself but meddle, just like David Tepper in Carolina. All these former Steelers owners who get a team, and we'll see if Josh Harris, who had a piece of the Steelers, is this way too, can't keep the spoon out of the stew. Which is and crazy because the, the owner of the Steelers doesn't put his spoon in the stew that much. You know, it's funny when you say it out yes, loud. Yes, he does. We just don't. It's well, just yeah. not obvious. Yeah, I hear you. He's, yeah. he's got his. He's got a whole ladle at the bottom spinning it around. <laughs> he's just. He's not. He doesn't feel compelled to let anyone know about it. Nobody takes credit. Nobody takes blame. It's all collective. But he's at the table with everyone else, so he's got a lot of sway over what happens. Maybe that's why Tepper and Haslam think this is the way we should do it. The difference is the Steelers win. So he doesn't get scrutinized because the Steelers are relevant every year. The Browns haven't been, although they are this year. The Panthers have been a train wreck. The Steelers just keep on winning, and it's Steelers-Browns this weekend. Incredibly interesting game. And the line really moved yesterday. I'll be interested to see where it's settled, but it may have moved too much toward Pittsburgh because I still believe in the Browns. You believe in the Browns. We'll do our picks later today as to who we think will win that game. I don't think Rooney medals like the guys you mentioned there. I think Rooney's there and part of it, but I don't think he's like, I want that quarterback. I think he lets the football people make the decisions. He might throw his two cents in there, but I know I've been around football way too long, and I know way too many people that have been associated with the Pittsburgh Steelers and has a pulse on everything that's going on in the organization. Sure. Meddling and telling everybody what to do. I've never gotten that sense from from the Rooney family. Now, maybe I'm wrong, and, you know, I don't know. But I don't think it's to that extent. It was only way, my only point. There's a, there's, a, there's a way to do it that doesn't come off as heavy-handed. There's an art to it. And Art Rooney, no pun intended, I think has figured out how to do that, where he's got a finger on the pulse, but he's pressing just enough that, yeah, his his voice has a lot of sway in that organization. And it works. I don't care if you meddle if it works. If you're an owner who spent your whole life in football and it's a family business for decades and you know what you're doing, I don't have any problem with yeah, it. Yeah. It's these guys who think just because they made a lot of money somewhere else and have been successful in their lives, yeah, it's difference. transferable to football. Right. No, it's not, Jimmy. No, it's not, David Tepper. And they find out the hard way that you just don't show up and say, I'm rich, I'm successful. I watch a lot of football on TV. I'll tell you how to fix this team. Yeah. And it ends up making it worse, not better. All right, break time. Props for week 11 when PFT Live continues right after this. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel for the world's greatest athletes this is the showdown we've been waiting for there is nothing like competing on the world's biggest stage and when that stage is paris anything can happen Olympics unlike any other. What a performance! The- 
Paris Olympics this summer on NBC and streaming on Peacock. Hey, Chan, I know you talked about him earlier. Given what you know about his injury, is he the type of guy that you'd be able to put back in in his typical workload, or would you have to ease him? What, kind of, what kind of money do you have in fantasy football? <laughs> this seems strategic. <laughs> Mike McDaniel, you know, there's a third head. rail out there. You just want to be careful about touching, but he can get away with it. <laughs> what kind of money do you have on fantasy football? But that's what everybody wants to know. It's not who wins and loses. Everybody's concerned about how many touches, how many touchdowns, anytime touchdown for this guy or that guy. I mean, regardless, HM was special before he got injured. He had the knee that put him on injured reserve, and he's back now, Chris. And that's going to give this Dolphins team a boost down the stretch if he can stay healthy. Yeah, no, no, it definitely. I mean, it just is another weapon to play with on that, you know, that offense. Uh, between him and Moster, it just, there's no relief when you have two guys like that who can fly and, you know, like we talk about, are, are anywhere guys where yeah, they can score from anywhere on the field, right? And that's, that's just, you know, another element that's scary about that football team, you know, when he's on the football field. There's just the amount of guys they have that can make big plays and score 80-yard touchdowns. All right, let's get into some props, courtesy of DraftKings Sportsbook, Week 11. I don't see an 8-chan prop, but we've got others. Your favorite receiving over-under bet this week. Here's the graphic. You've got Tyree Kill at over-under 91.5 yards. Devontae Adams in that same game, 66.5. Jalen Waddle, 63.5. Jacoby Myers, 37.5. Michael Mayer at 20.5. Josh Jacobs all the way down at 17.5. Obviously, those all come from the same game. Raiders at the Dolphins at Hard Rock Stadium on Sunday. Who's your favorite out of that one? I, I, I mean, I, I honestly want to go with Tyree Kill. I do. Uh, I, I just I, I look at that that Raiders defense and it's well coached and all that, but I don't think they got the the horses on the back end to mess with this group right here. I'm certainly not going with one of the Raiders. I'm not. I'm not sold on this whole thing quite yet. You know, they've they've had a very favorable matchup last week with a team that, you know, like we talk about, I don't know if they could score if you took the defense off the field in the New York Jets as it stands right now. Right? So I, I'm not going there. And then going to Miami and Miami off the bye week and all that. So like I I'm gonna go with Hill. Uh but yeah, my second choice will be Waddle after that. Well, absolutely, Hill, because he's going to be ready to atone for a disappointing exactly. day against the Chiefs right. in Germany. He's had two weeks to heal up any bumps or bruises he had. Remember, he had that hip injury, and Tua had made that comment at a press conference that made us think, is he going to miss some time with that hip injury? So healthy, motivated, and I'm looking at the Raiders injury report, and there's a lot of guys next to the letters CB on the report. Amik Robertson did not practice with a concussion. That's Nate big. Hobbs, ankle mm. limited. Marcus Peters, knee limited. Three corners on the injury report yesterday. Yikes. Makes it even harder. Not, not that, you know what? Most teams, if your corners are 100%, it ain't going to matter when you're trying to defend Tyreek Hill, especially when he's got an extra degree of incentive to have a big day, stay on pace for 2,000 yards, push his pace even a little higher than it was after a disappointing day against the Chiefs. I'm with you. Tyree kills a no-brainer. I'm surprised it's not higher than 91 and a half. All right, let's go to Monday Night Football. The Eagles and the Chiefs, 8-1 and one Philly, 7-2 and two Kansas City. What's the better bet? Jalen Hurts 
over 277.5 combined pass and rush yards or Patrick Mahomes over 314.5 combined pass and rush yards? Uh, I'm definitely going with Jalen Hurts on this one. I am. But, uh, I, I, I don't envision the Kansas City Chiefs offense being able to light up the scoreboard or yards against the Philadelphia Eagles. Right, I think it'll be more about handful of plays that Mahomes makes, like the Super Bowl, just a few big passes here and there, control the football, do that. I don't look at the Chiefs as being good enough or executing at a high enough level to, to put up those type of numbers against the Eagles' de- uh, Eagles defense. The other side of that is, I mean, we know the Eagles put you in tough problems. The Chiefs want to play man to man, right? You know, but what's different here is, you know, the Chiefs got to also worry about. Hey, Jalen Hurts will be a little bit healthier running the football. The Chiefs got to worry about that overpowering huge offensive line by the Eagles. It's going to lead to, hey, maybe more aggressive man-to-man than they would like on the outside with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. So I would definitely go with Jalen Hurts on, on this one. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm tempted because of that rest factor. Now, both teams had the bye last week. Yeah. But we know how the Chiefs are when they have that extra time. And Patrick Mahomes, the comments he made to Peter King after the win over the Dolphins, the defense is the best in the league, and I promise you the offense is going to come around at some point. I just feel like Super Bowl rematch, prime time, big deal. I I just I got I got a little more faith in Mahomes, and I still don't know where that Jalen Hurts knee is. We know it's been an issue all year. Fortunately, he's had a couple of weeks to heal it up and not have any further aggravation of it, but it's been an issue. He hasn't had that burst. Until that burst comes back, I'm not ready to say this guy's in a position to put up those kind of numbers. I'll go with Mahomes just because I feel like with the extra time, if they're ever going to blow, and this is the time to do it, against a great opponent, with extra time, with everyone watching, this is the time for the Chiefs to reestablish themselves, and I'm willing to I'm willing to say that I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm be interested. I don't want to tip yeah. my hand yeah. on my pick right. for Monday night, but I think the Chiefs are going to, if they're ever going to wake up offensively, it's going to be on Monday night. All right, Sunday night. A game that when it wasn't flexed, a lot of people were, eh. now it's like, eh, 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 eh. Vikings 6-4, and four, Broncos 4-5, four and five, over-under for Josh Dobbs, who was on the injury report yesterday but fully participated in a non-practice with an ankle issue, over-under 1.5, Pass touchdowns. The over is plus 130. The under is minus 160. He had one last week and one on the ground. Does he go over one and a half or stay under it this week, Chris? Yeah, I, I, I'm going to stay under. You know, it, it's 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 dicey. Uh, I mean, you know, O'Connell, as creative as he is, you know, he was close to having, you know, two touchdown passes, had one marked out, you know, at like the half yard line, right? Uh, but, but I think with the way Denver's defense is playing in Denver, all that, you know, I, 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 I just, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to throw out two touchdown passes yet. I think just in the base level, if it's still new, it's still beginning, and I think if we get down there, they're going to rely on being conservative, him running the football a little bit, and trying to go that way. I could certainly see him having one touchdown pass, one rushing TD again, or even one touchdown pass, two rushing TDs. I wouldn't be cra- wouldn't be crazy. Uh, but I'll go with the under on this one as far as touchdown passes at 1.5. This is going to be a real test for Kevin O'Connell, the coach of the Vikings, because he likes to throw to set up the throw. Yeah. And we don't see a whole lot of running. The way to have any luck against the Broncos is to run the ball. 
you can run the ball against Definitely. them if you have people who can run the ball and hold on to Definitely. it. Alexander Madison has a concussion. Cam Akers is long gone with a torn Achilles. Ty Chandler gave us some flashes I like finally yeah. last week. They had a yeah. lot of hope for Ty Chandler. Finally, he was doing something. He may be the key to this game for the Vikings because if they can't run, they may have a hard time passing, and it's the night that the, the bubble gets popped on Josh Dobbs pending, you know, Bears, Raiders, some winnable games. But going into Denver in prime time against a team that's won three in a row and has just beaten the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah, they're believing. And a defense that has gotten a hell of a lot better than since giving up 70 points. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. I'll go under on the passing touchdowns as well. Last one, Buccaneers facing the 49ers. 49ers with the big win over the Jaguars on Sunday. Nick Bosa's over-under for sacks is point seven. That's a weird number, but he's either going to have a half and be under or none, or he's going to have one or more and be over. Are you over or under? I'm going over here. I am. The way the 49ers looked last week, I know you don't listen to my podcast, but on Wednesday, that's what I broke down. The 49ers, the difference in that football game against Jacksonville is they played with their defensive fronts a lot, right? They're a team that we know is super talented. They had been a little too basic. They gave their guys just a little advantage, you know, like we talk about. Hey, this guy, is he going to blitz? I don't know. You know, there's two linebackers lined up in the A-gap. It's, you know, three defensive linemen over here, and then it's a, a linebacker and another defensive lineman. They gave their guys some schematical advantages, and I think that's going to be what we're going to see different here about the Steve Wilkes defense. You know, of course you got two talented guys on the edge. We know that. Uh, and I think Bosa is, is hitting his stride. But it, it's it's – it's, you know, I think, also going to be a game where if you made me talk about it, yeah, the 49ers will be in the lead and they'll be like this right here, Mike. See this alignment? Look at that. That's what I'm talking about. There was more of that right there. It looked like they're going to blitz. They drop back. They play cover two, Tampa two there, and cause chaos and Bosa knocks down the ball. There was a lot more of that, and I think he'll get in more than one sack in this game or at least one. Part of the self-scouting during the bye week. Yes, right. They had been. They had been not disguising what they were going to do. They just come out and show you what they're going to do, and they do it. Agreed. They're starting to get a little more exotic. They're starting to not just rely upon the skill of their best exactly. players. Exactly. They realize they had to do some things like they used to do under D'Amico Ryans and before that Robert Sala. That's the difference. Last year, these two teams played. Bosa got no sacks, but it was Tom Brady who had perfected the art of getting rid of the football before anybody could get to him. You've got that extra little juice with Bosa and Baker Mayfield dating back to when Mayfield planted the flag in the O. Uh, I, like I don't know it. how much of that resonates all these years later, but I think Bosa would relish a chance to put Baker Mayfield on his butt. I think it's going to be a little bit harder for Mayfield to elude Bosa it, it'd be, now that they're being a little be more be good matchup and by to the watch. Way, by the way, oh, I, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I got to say one thing. Yeah. I got to say one thing. You've mentioned three times now in the last two days that I don't watch your podcast. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. And here's why. Here's why. Here's why. I got an email recently from someone, and they all want to give me advice on what I should do with the co-hosts, who I should hire, who I should fire. And you're rarely one that anyone says I should fire. However, <laughs> I recently got an email from somebody who said I should replace you because you save all your good stuff for your own podcast. <laughs> and if you're sandbagging me, Christopher, we're going to have a problem. I, I, so this guy may be onto something. So now I'm going to have to start listening to your podcast to make sure you're saving some of the, sharing some of the nuggets here. 
I I always I don't I don't you think I'm smart enough to hold back my brain and think about like come on you're giving me too much credit here okay it just you know it, I get a little more on time to unpack some things there probably right on my podcast where we hit a lot of news around the football that you know this is you, purely you have X's been accused of yeah. deliberately saving Man. your best stuff for your own show you are under that accusation the indictment <laughs> has been lodged well, the you, trial is coming hey counselor. You listen to the podcast first, and then you tell me your assessment from there, and then we'll go from there, okay? But one of those matchups from that game we were just talking about that I'm excited about, you know, Tristan Wirfs versus Nick Bosa or Chase Young, that's going to be worth the price of a miss. And Tristan Wirfs is, he's arguably, he's in the discussion for best tackle in football. He's that damn good, and that's probably why this thing is at .75, just because of that factor alone. We have our matchup draft coming up in not that long, so you can make that one of your okay, matchups. Okay, good. Don't steal our it. picks for now. <laughs> Don't forget, on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket 150 bucks in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code PFTLIVE when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. When we return, Josh Allen speaks publicly about having his offensive coordinator Fired earlier this week. PFT Live continues right after this. I love Dorsey. Uh, as a human being, he just he's one of the good ones. He's been in this room with me for a very long time. I feel like I owe him a lot of the success that I've had in my career, and he's been a huge part of that. So it's sad to see him go. Um, and the fact is, you know, we we play better as a team. We probably don't have to make a move like that. You know, he's he's a big part of what we've been doing here in the last few years. Um, you know, I talked with Coach McDermott, and I understand the thought process of, of why we're doing it. Um, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, we've got a game against a division rival on Sunday, and, you know, we still have time to, to turn this thing around. I would love to attach Josh Allen to a polygraph machine inject him with sodium pentothal, ply him with peppermint schnapps, and find Damn. out what he really thinks That's brutal. about this. Yeah, I would love to know what he really thinks. I'd love to know what he really thinks about this. Because, and our good friend Chris Mad Dog Russo was on ESPN yesterday, and he was doing his <laughs> thing, and he's great. I love the guy. But his point was very simple. If they don't have 12 guys on the field for the field goal try, and the miss counts and the Bills win, is Ken Dorsey getting fired the next day? No. If they win the game, they're not firing Ken Dorsey the next day. So it's a reaction to the loss, and they fired the wrong coordinator. I would just love to ask Josh Allen those questions. I'd like to ask him and get a truthful answer. Do you agree with the decision by your head coach to fire this person to whom you owe so much of your career? Because if he doesn't agree with it, that's a factor. That's an issue. That adds to the broader dynamic of Josh Allen carrying through the rest of the season. He's got to put that bag down. He's got to not think about, you know, why they fire Ken Dorsey when it was the special teams coordinator's fault that we lost that game at the end of the day. I, I just, I, I said this yesterday. How is Josh Allen dealing with this? What will he be thinking? What will he be feeling? And I'd love to know the truth. What he's going to say in front of cameras and microphones isn't the truth. The truth is going to be potentially different than that. 
And I, I think that, Chris, if we got a yes or no from him, do you agree with firing Ken Dorsey? I would put my money on no, I don't agree with it. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I would bet you you're right. If you made me bet whether that would be, a, I, I would say that as well. It's a tough thing for a quarterback to have to go through this type of change this time of the year. It is. But this is also why, and we talk about this a lot, where you know there's a fine line there of, hey, you want player input and you want to talk to them, but you can't listen to the players. you got to do what you think is best for the football team. The players are too affected by the personal relationship and what's making them comfortable. And being uncomfortable sometimes is about the best way to be succeeding you know, in the NFL, right? I mean, listen, the, the greatest quarterback of all time was made uncomfortable. Even when he was winning won six Super Bowls, they were like, hey, you're, we're still going to put the hot poker to your ass. Josh McDaniels is not your buddy. Bill's still going to call you out in team meetings. So, you know, there is that fine line there. And to that, to the point we kind of made yesterday, right, and Alvin alludes to this a little bit, and I think this is part of the problem, is I think Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen were too much a little bit in Buddyville, right? Instead of like, I'm coach and you're player. And that's how it was with Dayball. It's okay to be buddies and respect and have this time off season, whatever, but there's got to be a certain way things are done during a football season. And the way I've tried to explain it is like when Dayball was there, if he threw a ball in the double coverage and it got intercepted, he came off and he was like, oh man, I'm about to get mother effed here. They're going to, he's going to tear into me. With Ken Dorsey, I feel like if he threw that ball in the double cover, he's ah, that's my buddy over there. He, he's going to shake his head at me, but that's about as bad as it'll get. And then I'll just be hard on myself, right? And that's not necessarily the best recipe for success either. So it's a tough decision to be made. It is. The offense isn't good. Let's play it this way. What if they just had 11 guys on the field and it was an easy field goal kick to make and he makes it in, right? And, okay, well, the offense still sucked the other night and it was still on Josh Allen. So I don't know how that would have played. You know, as far as the, that whole situation, I understand your point with the special teams and all that, uh, but but I think there was a big spotlight on Ken Dorsey up there in Buffalo. You know, when you talked about the friendship, it reminded me of why the Steelers pushed Bruce Arians out after the 2011 season. He was retired. He wasn't retired. They didn't want him there anymore because he was too close to Ben Roethlisberger. And secondly, and this is a hell of a coincidence. I mean, maybe there are no coincidences. Maybe there is just some cosmic reality that makes things happen at the right time. I have just gotten a text message with the actual reason why Ken Dorsey was fired by the Bills. Can you believe that, that it came through during this segment? You want to know what the reason was? I, I do. You want to know what it was? Yeah. He was saving his best stuff for his own podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's take a break. That might have been the best joke you <laughs> ever made in your life. <laughs> you had me at Frank the edge Frank. of my seat. I was Back like, tracks. this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, every once in a while. I'm good for one a year. Now I can take the rest of the year off. Yeah. Frank Reich not taking the rest of the year off when it comes to calling plays for the Panthers. We'll talk about his decision to backtrack on his decision when PFT Life continues right after this. I am going to resume the play calling duties. This is not about Thomas. This is about me. It's about the team. Um, I'm in the position I'm in because of years of Offense, being a, a successful offensive coordinator and play caller, this is a three-game sample size. I mean, on a team, on a team, and on an offense that's been struggling. You know, what, what was he supposed? You know, I mean, was it supposed to be magic? You know, his first time calling in three games, were we supposed to? You know, so this this will have little or no impact on Thomas's long-term trajectory. 
Frank Reich announcing to reporters yesterday that he's taking back the play-calling duties that he had given to Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator, a few weeks earlier. And look, when you've always called your plays and then you shift into a different mode and you have to stand back and let someone else... Imagine some of the great offensive masterminds letting someone else tinker with their car, Chris. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think he just couldn't... He couldn't... He just couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I, I, you just get to a point where I, I can't stand by and watch this happen. I have to be responsible for this car. Yeah, agreed. First off, the, the, like he said, this is how he made his money. He's a damn good play caller and play designer. He is. I, he should have never made this decision to begin with. You know, I think the decision was made because, yeah, they were 0-6 and they're just looking to shake it up and get some, you know, new energy. Maybe, hey, maybe it's me, but I don't think he should have done it. And the offense was better when he was calling the plays. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Andy Dalton threw for 300 and something yards in Seattle, right? Minnesota, they moved the ball and had your Vikings in trouble. They were up 13-7 driving, and Bryce Young fumbled, and they picked it up and ran for a long touchdown, right? Remember that? The Lions game, you know, they put up points and moved the ball. The Miami Dolphins game, they were up 14-0 and made that competitive for a while. Frank Reich is a good play caller. He should have never done this. You know, I can understand why they thought about it and why they did it. Uh, you know, zero and six. We got to shake it up, but uh, you know, I think they'll be better off with him at the helm again. Here's Frank Reich when he was asked yesterday whether or not this move to reclaim the play calling duties has anything to do with his job security in Carolina. I'm not saying your job's in jeopardy, but if you know, if it is at the end of the year, you want to be the guy in charge of your 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 future, your destiny. Um, no, I, you know, listen, I've been given no, you know, I don't know what, I've not been given any ultimatum like that, like you said, David. I mean, um, you know, this, and it's not, you know, yeah, do we want to be in control of our own debt? Of course. Um, this is about if I have something that I can give to the team, I, I feel like I need to give it and give it Thomas and I doing it together. All right, Occam's Razor. Simplest explanation is usually the accurate one. Here's my take. Here's my theory. Here's my guess. He gave the play-calling obligations to Thomas Brown because he thought David Tepper wanted him to, and he's taken him back because he thinks David Tepper wants him to. That's my theory. That's my take. I could be wrong, but that's my theory. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't, you know, you talked about Tepper earlier. Maybe, you know, he's a meddler. It certainly seems that way. You know, I could certainly see that. Hey, maybe we need a shake up, whatever. And he does that. Right. But the offense has stalled out. Bryce Young has not looked good the past few weeks. It's been nothing good that way. And I think this is what Frank Reich is really good at. And he should go down swinging with him doing what he did to get here in the first place. So I got no problem with him taking back the reins here to call plays. And here come the Cowboys on Sunday for the Panthers. We'll do our Week 11 matchup draft when PFT Live continues right after this. All right, matchup draft time, and we actually have a trivia question for a change. And for a change, Chris asks me, go. As we know, future Hall of Famer and current Vikings quarterback Joshua Dobbs was drafted by the Steelers in 2017 and has been on the Titans, Browns, Cardinals, and Vikings in the past year. What are the two other NFL teams that Dobbs has been on in his career? 
Are we talking about regular season roster or practice squad? I or think off it's season. Re- it doesn't matter. Does it matter? All right. Jaguars and Lions. Ask me a hard one next time. Wow, way to go. Pete, you can't take off right. the answer while I'm asking the question. Like, I just, yeah, like, like, yeah, I, I don't I put already, it by anybody. I, I, what are you? No, like, I mean, yeah, she, come on, Pete. No, I mean, geez. They traded hour. him. They, they traded him. They traded him to the Jaguars in 2019 after Nick Foles broke his collarbone and wished they hadn't because Ben Roethlisberger's elbow blew up the next week. And then he was on the Titans practice or the Lions practice squad last week, last year, <laughs> last year before the Titans signed him and put him on the field. So I, I knew that. I know my Josh Dobbs trivia. I got the jersey, baby. How could you doubt me? <laughs> All right. I, I'll take Nick Bosa versus Tristan Wirfs. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'll do that one for you. I want to go. I want to go. Uh, where do I want to go? Oh, you know where I want to go? I'll start here. Sunday night football. Brian Flores versus Sean Payton. Sean Payton's offense, Brian Flores' defense. Payton the guy that they fired Brian Flores to hire in Miami. So Flores, a little extra something for Sean Payton because that's the reason Flores, well, one of the reasons Flores got fired. They're all juiced up to try to hire Sean Payton. So Flores versus Payton on Sunday Night Football. Yeah, it's a great matchup. Let alone, you know, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson look like they've hit their groove here. I mean, like we talked about, you know, the other day, just Russell looked great, decisive decisions, big plays, you know, was aggressive, tucking the ball and running. I, I think they got it going, and Flores on that defense, as we know, they do everything and blitz like crazy, and that's going to be interesting. Um, I think the next one I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to the Monday night matchup, the matchup of the weekend, and the big talking point of after the Super Bowl was zero damn sacks, right? This Chiefs O-line, and I know Orlando Brown's not there anymore, and he was kind of leading that charge. But either way, this Chiefs O-line is one of the best pass-protecting O-lines in all of football. And now we know we got the Eagles coming, and their pass rush is even better than last year. You know, they've added a few weapons to that group there. So that, to me, is going to be very interesting to watch. I don't think they're going to be able to rely on running the ball consistently on that Eagles D-line. They're going to have to throw the ball. Does he have enough time to pick them apart? It's going to be a big part of that game. Next one for me is the Texans versus the Texans because this is a trap for them. We would have looked at this game as pure caca before the season started. Cardinals at Texans, the two worst teams in the league. No, the Texans are in the hunt for the playoffs. They have the Jaguars next weekend. If they beat the Jaguars, they take over first place in the division. They cannot stumble over the 2-8 and eight Cardinals, especially with Kyler Murray back. Let's see how focused they can stay. D'Amico Ryan's dusting off his game plans from his time with the 49ers to try to slow down Murray. This team can't they're, – they're learning how to win. They have to learn how to win a game they definitely should win. Will they stumble? Will they fall now that they're building some momentum? This is the Texans versus the Texans in their own mind. Yeah, I hear you there. It's a scary game. It is. Uh, We've seen Arizona give everybody just about a tough time, right? And now with Kyler Murray back in the fold, there's definitely to be a little bit more belief there and their ability to win some of those close games that they've lost. So that'd be good one. That's a good one by you. Um, I'm going to go back to you. The thing we started with, Worth. Right, Tristan Wirfs versus these 49ers DNs. If you want to be more particular, Wirfs versus Bosa. The Buccaneers can protect the passer. Wirfs is probably, I think he's the best pass-protecting left tackle in football right now. That's a bold statement, but that's going to be fun to watch. Him versus Bosa, him versus Chase Young, him versus Randy Gregory, you know, the whole crew there in San Francisco. One more round from... 
each of us one more pick from each of us, I should say, one more total round when PFT Live concludes right after this. All right, one more pick from each of us. And this is a game that I don't know how much we're going to really be focused on it this weekend. Three and six Rams coming out of their body to take on the Seahawks. But the Rams beat Seattle back in week one. And Seattle didn't have Devin Witherspoon. And Matthew Stafford, I think, would prefer not to see Devin Witherspoon. So Witherspoon versus Stafford. Stafford coming back from the thumb injury. Witherspoon wasn't on the field when they played in week one. He'll be there for this one. And the Seahawks need it because they've got the murderer's row coming up, 49ers, Cowboys, 49ers, Eagles. Yeah, it, uh, Seattle's one of those teams that we know got potential, but doesn't seem like you know they play at a high level on a weekly basis, right? I know they got the win last week, but, man, the commanders were hanging around and made that more interesting than it should be. Uh, it's, it's their team I'm still trying to get a feel for here, but you're right. This kind of seems like a must win for what they got coming up. Um, I'm going to go to your favorite team. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, that matchup <laughs> against the Cleveland Browns, okay? And we know Cl- Pittsburgh's been running the football, right? It's the number one D in football against the Cle- with the Cleveland Browns. I would think Cleveland's going to go all in to go, wait, you're not going to run the ball on us the way you have the last two weeks against the Titans and, and last week against the Packers. My matchup is those three corners or those corners versus Deontay Johnson and Pickens because they're going to get some one-on-one opportunities. And we'll see if your AKA Randy Moss Jr. George Pickens can get open against this crew. It's going to be fun to see. George, just drag your toe in the end zone this time. That's <laughs> see ya. See you Friday. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.